the More Good News Season 2 is all about people doing good through following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I'm Kate Cherichello, and welcome to today's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. One disclaimer for episode 17. 16 episodes had no syncing issues. Unfortunately, this episode was not so lucky. Thankfully, Jill's video and voice match, and that's the important one. My side, however, does not, and apologies for this visual issue, but you should be able to hear it all just fine. Today's guest is Jill Harrison. I am so thrilled she took time out of her insanely busy schedule to be here today. Uh, thank you so much, Jill. I, I have known Jill for probably 20 years now, which is wild. And I actually had another guest on the show who I also met through uh, the theater that we grew up in. Um, Heidi Freeze Saldana was a guest a couple weeks ago. Yes. So here's another person from that world um, in New Jersey. Today, Jill is a theater director based in Philly who spent a lot of time in New York as well. She founded Directors Gathering and she, that is putting it too simply, she does so much more and I can't wait for you to hear it from her. So Jill, first, I just, besides thank you for being here, I just want to know who you are and what you do in your own words. Sure. Um, yes. What a fun question. Um, and I'm so grateful to be here with you, Kate. Um, so yes, I am. I'm once again, Jill Harrison. Um, my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am a variety of things. I'm a, I'm a hybrid freelancer, an entrepreneur, if you will. Um, so uh, yes, isn't that a fun, that was a fun term I that. that I, I um, collected over the last couple of years. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm an entrepreneur in the arts world. Um, yeah, so I am a director, I'm an educator, um, I'm a connector, and uh, I am also a the founder and executive director of Directors Gathering, also known as DG. Um, which is a continuous um, gathering place, currently digital gathering place um, for freelance theater directors um, throughout the country. So um, yeah, DGs really were community centric and we like spread, spreading good news about <laughs> freelance theater directors. on brand. <laughs> freelance theater directors, their vision, their connectivity, um, and how they are their culture makers. Um, so yeah, I'm also a mom. I have a, a six and three quarter year old. She's very committed to that three quarters, um, Stella. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, I think I think that's my my descriptor. <laughs> Great. Oh, and and a husband that she would not have met if it for me let us just that out <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking about that thank you I, <laughs> true story okay I feel like that is, it's one of my a uh, few things that I can capitalize on <laughs> oh my gosh I will forever be grateful um yes Kate invited me to come choreograph a uh, her high school senior musical <laughs> um and uh <laughs> My now husband was invited by the director, Amy Howe, to come and music direct the production. Um, and both of us were like, eh, I don't know. We don't really do that anymore. And then it was like, okay, 
<laughs> let's do it. And um, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Such a neat story. I, it's just the most random and perfect meeting. Yes. Here, here. And then so, Jill, my second yeah. question is just a. Oh, I'm no. sorry. There was a little delay. So keep going. Oh, no worries. I was just going to also say, like, how how special it was and how much it still means to us that you're in our life and um, that you and your parents were at our wedding and. Just then we got to see you when you came to New York for the first time and it's been, um, and now Jeff has entered your life and it's, and a dog. I, I see that there's a furry baby that has arrived. Mm -hmm. There is. <laughs> Miss Olive. Yeah. <laughs> she is. Yeah, well, Jill has always been so good to me for all these years. So, so grateful. Speaking of all these years, tell me a little bit more about how you, where you are now. Yeah. Um, so I, so again, connectivity with Kate. Um, so I, uh, grew up in the theater as a, as an actor, um, and then figured out pretty soon. I mean, I was like in my middle school years starting to figure out that, um, I'm really, interested in how this event is made, um, how the lights get turned on, why they're chosen in a certain color, um, how bodies move through space, um, and how most importantly, that still remains true for everything I do, um, two parts, one is community. So the community of the people uh, around us, and then also the engagement with the audience of who we're sharing these stories or this event and experience with. Um, so I had this just this desire to keep in that that theatrical world, that that community based world. Um, I knew I, I didn't know if it was going to be acting. Um, that was something that was tricky as a, as a young artist because acting was pretty much the option right? Like when you're making theater as a kid, it's pretty much you're the performer. Um, and so that took me all the way through to college. About my sophomore year in college, I was still like, I just want to be here in this, this theater environment, but I really don't think I want to be on stage anymore. Um, I just, I care so much more deeply about my fellow actors. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just the the community the event this this greater impact um and so by my junior year uh I had some really awesome professors I went to Lehigh University um and they had they were starting to see that 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 burning desire to be a part of the larger event and uh encouraged that I encouraged me to take directing <laughs> so um I uh, so I started taking directing. Uh, I did that track, and I um, ended up getting to direct on their main stage um, my senior year, which was really exciting. I look back on that experience and um, those resources, <laughs> and go, hmm, hmm. I mean, getting to direct a fully realized musical uh, was just—it was a just a treat and a gift and a privilege. Um, and and I your skill, it was fantastic. Thank you. That's, your did, did you, that's right. You and your mom saw it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've never laughed so hard. Oh my gosh. So it good. Was, it was magical. Like I, I was just so fortunate with the folks who showed up. 
to to be a part of that mm-hmm. again that community and that peace um, and to have faculty members have that kind of faith in me um, meant a lot. Uh, and then sent me on yet another path of again this sense of like community and then education and folks having faith in each other and faith in each other no matter where you are on your trajectory, um, whether that be your professional craft or your education. Um, so I set out into the world and was going, it was like, all right, it's time to be a freelance theater director, whatever that means. <laughs> Off, off you go to the great big city of Manhattan um, and Astoria, Queens, which is where I, I got to got to live for several years. Um, and I got a day job, and, which was a lot of temping and um, which is a, a really awesome setup. And I miss that of being able to like as a freelancer have a day job that you can like bop in on and do, and then like bop out of it. There's something really helpful for that when you're also trying to do a, um, a different career path or lifestyle that's, that's separate from the like nine to five um, career path. Uh, so I did that for, for a while and then uh, it was time for grad school. And I went to Temple University in Philly, which brought Tom and I, my husband and I to Philly. Um, I got my MFA in directing at Temple uh, and went through yet another like cocoon shedding of like recognizing that, oh, um, I I want more. I wanna be involved even further than a director who is helping guide vision and an experience for a, a story and a production. I really would love to know like who's coming to this, who's being reached out to, how, what is the image for the production and for the poster? Um, what are the processes behind uh, curating the entire season? Um, and, and so on, um, community engagement, who's coming for post-show discussions? Um, so that a, a colleague of mine at the time, again, I'm very fortunate to have folks who who I put trust in and were observing this sense of, oh, maybe you should try. And so between grad school and graduating was like, I think maybe you're a producer. <laughs> um, so that is true. I am a producer. <laughs> um, yeah. And I am a gatherer of community and a connector. Um, so uh, it post grad school has been like the last 10 years has been really where I've centered that entrepreneur spirit and, and process because it's again, a little off the beaten path. Um, right. I mean, we're starting to see line producer positions and creative producer positions and looking back at it, I'm like, Oh, that's probably like a job I would be applying for. But at the time when I was setting out, that wasn't quite a thing yet. Um, so it's a lot of forging forging my own path. Um, and the director's gathering came around in 2014, uh, mainly because it gets lonely forging your own path um, and isolating. And, uh, and freelance directors, we do that, right? We show up for a couple of weeks, we do our job, and then we're on, we go onwards. Um, there's usually only one of us. Uh, so that's hard after a while. Um, 
And I'm starting to just witness here in Philly, a lot of freelance directors having similar sentiments and um, wanting opportunities for just for further training and maybe didn't have the interest resources or time to go back to grad school. Um, so it was like, how could we fill in that gap? How could we fill in the gap of, again, there's usually one of us in a process. So we don't get to really see each other in process or talk to each other. Um, and uh, also there's pockets, right? There's cities and regional centers all over the country. And so how do you figure out how to expand beyond, um, well, within Philly and then like beyond Philly? There are regional directors all over Tennessee. Right? There are regional directors all over Utah, right? How do we find ways to um, connect and uh, create a community for us as we do the work? Um, yeah, I mean, meanwhile, I was also, I got my MFA and I've been teaching. <laughs> so the day job went from temping <laughs> to um, being a freelance professor. Uh, and um, yeah, so I've been teaching, gosh, playwriting, new work, directing, acting, uh, visioning um, at a variety of universities throughout the Philly area. And, um, and then last year I launched my own virtual directing workshop platform. So I've been uh, teaching folks on that platform um, because this idea of visioning specifically for directors and being able to create a path and a point of view um, tends to be in this, to, into the film world, the cinematic world, mm. right? Like you see a director's eye in a film. Well, director's eye, cinematographer's eye, and editor's eye. But the director is the one that's really guiding that visual experience. We're in theater, we're, we are doing that, the, the theater director is doing that, but it's not nearly as at the forefront. Um, and so there's not as many experience or opportunities for a director, especially ones who are emerging, or early career directors to be asked a bunch of questions about who they are as people, who they are as artists, um, what projects they do and why. Um, if it's a paycheck, pay, paycheck job, like I'm gonna direct this show because <laughs> I need to pay a bill. Um, again, like where you, how do you get into that process? How do you take care of yourself in that process? How do you take care of other people in that process? Um, and uh, yeah, so that's been exciting to, to pivot a bit into that into that world that was that there it is Kate <laughs> well it's I mean what an example of taking all your skill sets in just every variety and, and exploring them all and then finding a way to bring them all together under one roof and fulfilling that need nobody looked to before or at least I, I sure didn't know of any Thing like what you've done with the directors gathering and your platform and everything that's that's amazing thank you thank you so much yeah wow thank you thank you it's um someone I think it's a saying that I've heard before but if you don't see it make it right so mm -hmm. if it doesn't exist and you think it should exist then make it exist um and that's something that I'm continuing to try to do um yeah <laughs> Fantastic. And Jill, now with everything, obviously you've been doing virtual programming and whatnot throughout the pandemic. How else does your world look different since last March? And 
is there anything that, well, you can't wait to get back to maybe a sense of normal or new normal or anything that you hope continues that has changed for the better that you've seen? Yeah. Yes. I love that question. I mean, you know, and it's multifaceted, right? Because I, from so specific to my work, um, theater making, I mean, I directed a production that was supposed to be fully realized and in person last October. Uh, well, <laughs> I do this October of, yeah, of 2020. It was when it was supposed to be. <laughs> All these years are now starting to blend. Um, but then we, then it got moved and then made to be completely virtual uh, for February, this past February. Um, so we went from being, you know, completely in, per well, thinking we were going to be in person uh, and having a full creative team and, and a full regional theater process to then, okay, maybe we'll do a virtual like reading at some point. Um, to then, by the time we were produced for February, everyone was zoomed out. Everyone was this like a point of like, I can only hear a play read on a Zoom screen so much. And by January of 2021, folks were like, I'm out. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm done. Like, I'm like, I don't want to make that kind of experience. Um, so I, uh, the theater company, it's Passage Theater Company, um, and they're in Trenton, mm -hmm. New Jersey. Um, and uh, they're remarkable. They have done an incredible job um, with their community of artists, especially. And they were so open to working with me um, and the playwright, Jacqueline Goldfinger. The piece was Babel by Jacqueline Goldfinger. And um, what was really fortunate about the piece is that Jackie also had written this play in the not so distant future, but there's, a com there's components of it that are quite virtual. So we were able to lean into that and play with that um, and so it, it really lent itself to a, to a virtual world. Um, so that was really helpful. <laughs> I kept on saying, thank you, Jackie. <laughs> um, but we followed that and something that it's, that's tricky, right? Because like there's an accessibility that I think is really exciting about a virtual platform and a virtual world, right? So like this piece I was able to direct and share with friends and family from all over the country. Where in pre-pandemic times, uh, whoever could make it physically is who would have seen the piece, right? So that's really neat that I had family like sitting together in Washington DC watching this production um, or in California. So like that was really cool. Um, I think the hard part and what I'm missing is this, the the palpable, like being able to be in person, in, in, in breath, like hearing another person breathe <laughs> while witnessing something happening while other people who are making it are breathing. Um, and just that like collective humanity and like in-person humanity, um, that community I, I, I really miss. And I find myself, whether it be like a director's gathering, programmer event, a board meeting uh, or like a rehearsal process or teaching, especially. I, I, I keep doing, I get closer and closer to the screen. Folks <laughs> are like, whoa. And I'm like, but I just want to like reach in and write and be able to like have that visceral ah, metaphysical experience that a screen doesn't allow us to do. Um, 
So that, and that I'm, so that I'm actually like, I want that. And so we're figuring out, I'm figuring out how to do that. Um, it's seen more pointed. So it's informing directors gathering and even my own work of like, okay, so moving forward from a sustainable stamp, like what can we afford is like, does a, like, do we do one in person, like one big in-person thing a year? And then other things are our companion experiences that are virtual, right? So people, again, are accessible, have the accessibility to it, but um, there's still an in-person thing to look forward to uh, and be a part of. Um, and with rehearsing and the other, like these multifaceted experiences is like as a parent. So originally when we were looking at a rehearsal schedule where it was going to be a typical equity rehearsal process, um, having childcare for that experience is tricky. Um, Passage again was willing to work with me, which is great, um, whether it was gonna be evening or day rehearsals. Um, my husband's also in the arts. He runs the Performing Arts Center at Swarthmore College. So he does a nights and weekends schedule when things are not in a pandemic. So it's a lot of like ships passing and then Stella like lives in theaters. Uh, so, I mean, super cool for when you're like, you know, between the ages of two and six and three quarters. <laughs> Um, I don't know how long that's going to last, uh, which is understandable. So that's just the thing. It's just like how much of a paycheck of a freelance theater maker is going towards childcare, right? How much of that person's time who's a parent and a theater maker being split, like my brain and my heart and my soul is constantly being like, ah, uh, split in many directions. Um, and I don't think that's just specific to the medium of theater. I mean, most working parents um, and working guardians have that similar um, challenge. Uh, and it's something that we've watched and I've experienced personally with the pandemic, which has been really uh, tricky again, because in some parts like Stella had virtual kindergarten this year, we got to witness things that she discovered or, I mean, she just started reading this year and is like reading chapter books like that. We got to be a part of, which that's good. That's good news. <laughs> getting to be present, you know, and, um, and just getting to witness that with her. Uh, I, I really, and getting to have like another year's worth of let's sit down and have lunch together. Like, let's like, tell me about this or how do you feel about that? which I really appreciated. Um, but also with, on the other hand, with the virtual world for parenting and, and folks who are, who are um, guardians for other people, no matter their age, um, you're never off. Like you were constantly, so Stella was doing kindergarten. At one point it was Stella doing kindergarten, me working, teaching online, teaching folks who've never taken an acting class before in their whole lives, how to act on a computer screen. <laughs> so it's like, oh, overnight, you're now a film actor. Congratulations. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, you know, was wild. And then Tom is trying to keep like some semblance of routine and, you know, control uh from his computer screen that he uh, moved over from the performing arts center into 
our house. So it, it was bonkers. Uh, and um, yeah, it's, you know, and I think that's also something I, I also, I'm full of quotes lately. I also read recently someone, like a parent saying, you know, everyone wants things to open up. Like we're ready, we're back, it's time. And parents are like, what? 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 <laughs> like, we're like crawling out from underneath, like things being like, what year is it? What is happening? You know, what does ready mean? What does we're back mean? Like, right? Oh my God. So that's been a very interesting uh, experience and challenge to be like, we have to take a breath um, and be able to take some, just some stock of like what it means to transition um through these experiences in our life um but yeah that's been um that's been COVID (laughs) oh my gosh I can't even imagine I all the people with with kids going through school and everybody in the one space for this whole time can't imagine you you get extra gold stars and extra yes. extra points for heaven with that one <laughs> yes 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 and I think that like and that's why also to to further like point to folks who have been doing like the amazing good work is we also we had friends and colleagues in our lives who are live nearby who became like a our neighborhood family because we couldn't mm-hmm. my parents are usually with us uh, when it's not COVID. Um, but they went to Vermont in March, 2020, and that's where they had to stay. So all of my siblings and I, we all ended up being in this place of, we can't physically help each other. Like we can maybe put our kids to entertain each other for a little while on zoom, but it's not like my sister could drop by or like we could take the kids for the weekend or my parents could help us for a week. Like up until the spring, that wasn't an option. So there was a lot of like interesting shifts for us of like our neighbors. We celebrated every major holiday with our neighbors from last June to like New Year's of this year. Because also they have kids. So a lot of us who also had kids, it wasn't like we could, you know, safely distance as much, especially during the winter months with kids to travel or any of that. Um, So our neighbors became that and they were the folks that we leaned on and they leaned on us. We have some neighbors who don't have children themselves who would come over and be like, we will sit outside, we'll mask up, we'll play outside with Stella, you and Tom go for a couple of hours and be humans like to the park. (laughs) So that was, and that was our neighbors. And they also did that too. Just like they offered that, like that to me, like think beyond your own challenges that are happening with just your everyday to then look around and be like, Oh, people with kids could also (laughs) could use some support if we have the capacity to do that. Um, so that, I mean, it was immense and it was helpful to feel a little less isolated too. Wow, that's an amazing neighborhood. Yes. Yes. We are very grateful for them. Um, wow. That's also a beautiful segue into my next question, which you just gave a great example of, but maybe you have others too. Just goodness that you've observed through what you do. And I mean, I love just 
the neighbor's story. That's amazing. But also through directors gathering, maybe through the connections you've seen and the opportunities open up. Any any stories you'd like to share? Sure. Um, so something that uh, through directors gathering specifically that I have found. Uh, so the, the American playwright Paula Vogel um, offers uh, her students and colleagues that we rise in circles. We pay attention to those around us. We grow along with them. They grow along with us. We grow more. <laughs> um, and that might not necessarily be like what the rise is not necessarily vertical. The rise could be expansion. The rise could be diving deeper and be more immediate in a moment. Um, but I love this sense of community and organic um, awareness with the with with that kind of journey and process, and so that is something that has that her her offer carries. I carry that with me um, throughout directors gathering and directing and producing and teaching, and I also feel like I I see that see that so much. I see the folks in our theater community here in Philly and now beyond. Um, something that the virtual world offered directors gathering is we now have members that live all over the country, which like literally overnight, we went from having Philly, only Philly based directors gathering members to directors gathering members literally all over the country. Um, one actually was, um, she was guesting with us and uh, was living in Madrid. So we even had someone representing a lot of the COVID lockdown in Madrid, like Literally, that was what she was experiencing while calling into our gatherings. So you just like this huge net has just been cast. And the, the, um, the opportunity and the gifts to be able to witness people's realities uh, all over the world um, was, was incredibly remarkable. Um, watching how resilient people are, um, how kind people are, how generous people are. Um, I also have witnessed this past year how um, people, and, and we've been given the opportunity to do this because there's been, it's all relative, but a bit more time and breath to, to think about what inclusivity means, to think about what accessibility means to think about what diversity means and safety um, and to really recognize uh, what those ideas and then the actually necessary actions that go along with those ideas are and how that permeates and how you as the human are making that permeate throughout all of the facets of your life. Uh, and also all of those aspects within a, not just a, an in-person world, but a virtual world. Right, so how do you build a safe space in a Zoom room and potentially a multi-generational Zoom room because there are guardians who have young folks walking in and out of spaces, right? That you're having, we're having to be mindful of. Um, and just, I keep coming back to like the generosity and the resilience of, of a community. Um, and, and just being willing, the bravery to be willing to name personal limitations and boundaries, um, being able to name where either previous action or current action have been uh, problematic or challenging for people. Um, 
and being able to work together to change those challenging problematic environments. Um, so I have been very grateful to be a part of a lot of those conversations and a lot of those actions. Um, and like in these pockets of directors gathering in, in Zoom rooms for educational purposes um, and on the streets of Philadelphia. Billy has been, this past year in Philadelphia has been remarkable. It's been remarkable. Um, and uh, I've also been grateful that Stella has been able to witness as much as she's witnessed this past, I mean, well, like 18 months um, for her to see and, to, and for her to see like the, the breadth of everything from like your connection and the gifts of that and the gratitude and the joy of our, our community and our neighborhood um, to marching for Black Lives Matters down the street in one of our other neighborhoods in Philly to like being a part of that. Um, a, it's just been really um, necessary and great to have her be a part of that. Um, yeah, that's my response. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> wow. What a year to have. Well, what a, since, when did you start doing everything you're doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Years <and> years. <laughs> right, uh, it's like the, the pivot. Unbelievable. The, the pivot. It's been a, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, last question then. Do you have anything you find yourself telling either you, yourself, telling your students, telling other directors over and over again? Mantra, I know you said you love quotes. Yeah. Anything like that. Yes, I love and I love this question so much. Um, so I, uh, if I may, I have a little a little plug because it's it's going to be um, yes, open and available for anyone who's interested. It's a virtual experience. Anyone's interested in coming. So um, CC Wright is Directors Gatherings um, Director of Membership and Engagement, and so CC and I have um, been curating um, a gathering, yeah. a virtual gathering, at the end of this month on Sunday, June 27th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We now need to say Eastern Standard Time because we have members who are not on Eastern Standard Time. Um, but the gathering is going to be uh, an opportunity to consider what it means to create community and um, as a director or collaborators or people who like theater, uh, to create community with two different ways in, two different methods that we're intrigued by. So the first one is, um, so Priya Parker is a writer, a gathering extraordinaire, a um, uh, event, I mean, like an event guru. I mean, beyond like planner, like she, I mean, works on like G7 summits. Like she's a remarkable human. Um, but she's written this book called The Art of Gathering. And, uh, and she's just actually released a companion piece that you can, you can follow her on Instagram. And she's released a companion piece that's the art of gathering now and what it means to be gathering in a virtual space, a hybrid space. Um, but she just creates a sense of like journey and map, if you will, of how to connect with folks. And, you know, what we love so much about it is theater is humanity, right? Theater is the, the artistic expression of humanity. So it, her book is about all facets and types of humanity. And so for us, we're like, well, theater fits right in there. And so, and it's directing as well. So then, so that's Sopria. 
And then the other uh, piece of literature that we're looking at is um, Sun Tzu's The Art of War. To look at this piece, um, and Cece has shared that because when she was in graduate school, it was recommended that The Art of War be read and considered for what the functionality and necessity it is to gather on behalf of and with people in a life or death situation. So what are the necessities, How, right? Like, it's like, whoa, because <laughs> at first you're like, the art of war, okay. But when you start to break it down and read the text, you're like, actually, no, this, this is really useful for all of humanity to pay attention to like intention and what you do for yourself and what you do for others um, and how you do that. And so we're, it's a grand experiment. We're like, what is the intersection <laughs> of this kind of way of, of thinking? And because also like teaching how to, teaching folks how to direct, gathering folks who are already directing, like we're all having to, in a way, relearn and pivot what we're doing. But we're also really um, looking towards how to help fellow humans as directors do that. Um, because we feel like that that's, probably even more important than technique and skill. Like technique and skill are imperative. I'm an educator, <laughs> important. But like, you need to be a human first and um, we, need to we need to help that. Um, so, I, you know, that, though, that these kind of out of the box concepts of like the art of gathering and the art of war as, you know, within the, the world of theater. Um, are things that I've just been, I've been paying attention a lot more to, to things outside of a theater. Like my, so for example, my, um, my sister recognized a couple of weeks ago, I was just going on and on about um, Michaela Cole's uh, I May Destroy You. And she's, Michaela Cole is a, is a writer and a performer. Um, and uh, so I May Destroy You and um, Chewing Gum are two of her and they're television shows. Um, and they are remarkable pieces of art. Like they are out of this world. And I've been, and she has a couple of different speeches that she's just amazing. But I've been watching a lot of her work and there's a couple other like television pieces that I've been watching. And my sister's like, Jill, I can't remember the last time talking, like remember talking to you about television because usually we're in theaters, right? Like I, I don't watch TV because I'm usually running around <laughs> making theater or teaching others how to make theater. So I would always be like, I don't watch that or I can't, you know, and it's been awesome to take a breath for a little while and just like consume other mediums, consume literature, consume uh, sitting on a front portion, like being very quiet and being like, wow, what does this block sound like? Who's, who's walking, right? Like having people wear masks for the last 18 months, you see a lot of people's eyes, right? So it's like, then that's been remarkable of how do you engage with humans with only your eyes, um, right? And like, body and also your body, your physicality, like what does that convey when half of your face is masked? Um, so those, like, that's what I've been following the most of just like paying attention to things around me in the moment. Um, and then like the couple of, there's 
there's a mantra that I've had for a very long time that I usually offer, which is I am vulnerable. I am strong. I am vulnerable because I am strong. Um, yeah, I love that dichotomy of vulnerability and strength. And you can only be strong if you're vulnerable and only be vulnerable if you're strong. Um, and I think the more that we consider, like I also offer like, if, especially with, with teaching or making theater or, or living, but it's like when someone's like, it's either this or it's that. And you're like, okay, well, what about if it's both? <laughs> right? How about both? Um, and I think if anything, these last 18 months have been like, yeah, you're going to, it's going to be both. You're going to, you're going to, whether we like it or not, we're going to be living the complexity and the dichotomy and both. Um, and I think there's, there's a gift there for us because humanity is complex. Living is complex. And that's great. That's good news. <laughs> there was so much in those last couple of minutes. That I just, I need to go back and write everything down that, you know what, something that I really just so subtle that you added in there was the mention of humanity and that's theater and just, you know, living and how it's so involved. And it goes back to be something we knew just even as kids, what a difference it can make when you are or a part of the theater, you don't, you don't have to be a professional actor, but even if you just are that person taking a beginning acting class, just to think about, do something in life that makes you think out of your little box. And for many people, theater is that, you know, other people find it in other ways, but, and I think you just so beautifully, you know, hit on that concept in so many ways of, it is, it's, it's humanity, looking at it different ways, listening to other people's cultures and a and always be learning more. Ah, Jill, so fantastic. Can you tell us how we can find you and more about Directors Gathering, all your links and handles? Sure, sure. So um, Directors Gathering, we have a um, a website. You can find us at www.directorsgathering, all one word, .org. Um, and that is where you can find out more about the gathering that's coming up. Um, you can find out about membership if you're interested in becoming a director member or a collaborator member, um, or if you're interested in um, supporting Directors Gathering and our members and the work we, the community we make for them. Um, and then I, you can find out more about me. <laughs> um, I have my handles. Oh my goodness. All the handles, because that's another thing of this past year. It was like all the social media, oh, need yes. balance, need breath. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you can, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm actually on Instagram. Kate, you're going to laugh as Jill Harrison Snyder. We were talking about like my, my name, <laughs> But um, my professional name is usually Jill Harrison, but that was taken on Instagram. So it's all lowercase one word, Jill Harrison Snyder on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as Jill Harrison. I'm on Twitter as Jill Harrison. I'm on LinkedIn as Jill Harrison. <laughs> um, so and I'm Darn Instagram. Yes. And I'm, I'm so close to having my own website. So close. Learn, learn how to do that. So <laughs> good skill. Excellent, Jill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> 
thank you for this opportunity and thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for spreading good news. Well, we need it. We need it. And it's thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We need all the good news we can get. This is Kate Sharicello. Please follow me at positively underscore Kate on Instagram for more. And if you have stories of good news that you know need to be shared, please do send me a message. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much if you shared it with your friends and left a review. Thank you and see you next time.